Okay, folks, uh, welcome back to another MTG Goldfish podcast, episode uh, 244. Wow, I almost, uh, I, I actually didn't know the number this time. So uh, I'm with uh, here, I'm here with Seth. Wow, I, I am, uh, it's been a long <laughs> time since this. I've done this. This is, this is, yeah, yeah, it, this. It, this is, uh, this is, I'm here with Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. Uh, what's up, Seth? Oh, Chaz, it is awesome <laughs> to have you back. I've missed you, man. It is so cool to uh, have you back on the podcast. I've missed you all, too. Uh, and I'm here with Richard, the owner of uh, MTG Goldfish. What's up, Richard? What's up, Chaz? This is a voice I haven't heard in a long time. A welcome guest yeah, this week. Very welcome. I'm so happy to come back and cast with you all. Um Chaz, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming, you know, maybe folks remember. I don't know. It's been uh, pretty, uh, quite a, some time since I've done an intro. I, I probably botched that pretty good, but uh, Ch- really, Chaz was. If, if you've just joined the podcast, we're at what, episode 244, so it's been like five years. If you are someone that's joined the podcast more recently, actually, the podcast kind of goes back to Chaz. I think it was Chaz that actually had the idea for the Goldfish podcast and was part of the original podcast crew. I don't know what episode you left on but you it was like two or three years that we all casted together before uh before you went on hiatus so yeah yeah I mean, it feels really good it's almost like uh you know we just kind of picked up where we left off i love that yeah chaz created the podcast he edited the podcast for the longest time and uh this week he's here filling in for Krim, who's at twitchcon so chaz was around chaz was messaged seth said hey i'm back Let's talk some magic, and here we are. It's it's pretty much it. It exactly happened like that. It was pretty much, hey, I'm back. I have some time, and the podcast immediately came up, and here we are. And what better time? I mean, we have a set that just released. Uh, I'm super excited. I, I you know I'm I don't know if you two are excited. You know, I, I'm sure you always have your uh, skepticisms, but uh, <laughs> as as a green as a green fanatic. This might actually be the best set of all time. Not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Oh, you've missed, not you even missed kidding. the last like three years of magic where everything well, is green, Chaz. Everything well, is green. You know what? When you show me Oko, Garuk, uh, Once Upon a Time, Questing Beast, you don't even. I don't even need to see the rest of the set. I'm on board. The most powerful magic card of all time. Henge. The I'm goose. Like, okay, cool. Oh, <laughs> I'm good with this. Oh. <laughs> Gilded Goose, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're already annoyed about that. G- Gilded Goose, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm annoyed about Gilded Goose into Oko in specific. Like Oko's really strong anyway, but when it comes down on turn two, oh my god, it just it it's like doesn't look like that good of a card, but then when you face it on turn two, it feels unbeatable. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, what what uh we're talking about. Eldraine pre-release or you know there there was like some arena uh early previews going on for like constructed and and um limited I know you were uh, you were you engaged in the limited aspect I think they released that like what later in the day yeah, we're doing, uh, yeah, so we're mostly today, it's gonna be all Eldorain. We're doing, a standard Eldorain, first week of standard, or even, it's not even out in paper, but early standard results for Eldorain. Also, uh, pre-release experiences. So I know I did a sealed on Thursday, actually, on the stream. Richard has played some limited. Have you done any, like, arena seals or anything, Chess? I have not hit up, uh, arena or sealed in general, nor uh, paper nor arena yet, but I plan to. I just, um, I wanted to play in the free event. Um, I watched a lot of streams. Uh, shout out to like all the streamers that were um, engaged in the early event. Um, 
I know I've stopped in on a few of them. I know uh, I, I saw Autumn, um, Emma, Reed, uh, you know, a few more. So it looks really intriguing to me. I mean, I love this set. I absolutely love this set. It's a great set to like come back and jump in, especially I don't know who came up with the idea of a free standard, but that has to be one of their better ideas. Have they done that before? I think this is the first time that Arena has done, like, you get all the cards for whatever, a few days, and can build any decks you want. So, yeah, that's a, a really cool promotion, I think, and a really neat idea. Yeah, the closest we've gotten, I think, is, like, top eight deck list at a Pro Tour in a gauntlet on Magic Online, uh, which is a vastly different experience than make any deck you want and play 12 games, and next week get a chance to win uh, one of each card in Eldraine. Yeah, we were actually just talking before we were recording. I, I, I had so much fun that I might actually just make like a couple more accounts and just grind through 12 more games. <laughs> uh, I think I'm done with my Oko playing for 12 games. <laughs> we'll see how the metagame shakes up. <laughs> oh, Oko, look, I, I, I said this like as I saw the card. I think I, saw, I, don't, I mentioned this on Twitter or something. My first like three tweets were about probably Oko or something, <laughs> but uh, I we saw the card from what I remember, and we saw like create a food token or whatever, right? And we didn't really know. I don't think we were even privy to what food actually was yet. No, we didn't. And it turns out, it turns out it doesn't even matter because <laughs> the card is just insane. I've, I don't I've, even. I played like six games or something with the the Simic the Simic ramp deck. I haven't cracked a food token yet. They've all become like three, three elks or fodder for the wolf. Yeah. Or uh, goose fodder. But I don't think I've actually cracked a single. Like, I don't even need it. I've played aggro like every single match. I'm like, you just don't need to crack, crack these food tokens. They're just better off as uh, three, three elks. I have forcibly transmuted gooses into elks. Uh, I'm oh, yeah. definitely guilty once, of once, that. once they've laid a couple <laughs> eggs, done their job, <laughs> ramped you into a superior position, you just you just turn them into, into Everything game. becomes an elk. Yeah. It's so crazy. I, I don't know, because I've I played against Teferi, and Teferi's definitely a, a, a very good card, very strong card. Liliana's a very strong card. I don't know how many years we have to go back. This feels like the strongest three-mana Planeswalker I might have ever played with. And I played with Liliana and Standard. Ooh, this is a good question. So this Teferi stronger question. or Oko stronger? Because I feel like Teferi's been a joke so far in all the games I've seen him in. Like, sometimes Teferi, he's good, but Oko's always been super oppressive. I, I was just fascinated that Oko is so versatile and it can play so many different games, like, within a game it's just ridiculous i i don't i me personally i just felt like what what you said seth on in some games it feels almost unstoppable yeah especially, unless you outright kill oko it feels unstoppable especially yeah when it comes down on turn two off of gilded goose like you just get the feeling like oh my god this is gonna make so many three threes there's no way i'm gonna win this game uh, it feels I, at least to me a little bit fairer when it comes down on turn three but it's still like it's got so much loyalty i think when I first saw it, I was like, all right, like, uh, it doesn't really protect itself, although it actually kind of does by, you always have some random thing to turn into a 3-3, so it kind of does protect itself, but the loyalty is just so high for coming down on turn two or turn three. It feels like you can never get it off the battlefield unless you have, like, a murderous rider or something. I've definitely played a lot of games, not necessarily with Oko, but against Oko, where it's at, like, 12 loyalty, 16 loyalty, my phone's just, like, ticking it up and ticking it up, and what do you do? You're just like, okay, I guess this is just 
like a thing for the rest of the game until it kills me. <laughs> like you can't really do right. anything about it. I mean, it. I've, I've seen Oko lose. Okay, like I've seen Oko lose. Like either you're playing against like Teferi stacks where like none of his abilities matter. Like his ultimate does nothing. He makes three threes that get wrathed away, or you just block him. Uh, or you play something like a questing beast and like try to get in there and like kill the Oko or Rankle, but you know, for a turn two play or a turn three play, you know, it's like very little loss and the opponent has to have their exact right sequence. And like, if you just like turn three, uh, murderous rider, it feels so bad. Like you've done nothing. They have an elk, they have a goose and you just murderous ridered and like you lost two life on top of that. Like it's just does not feel good. Like what you really need is like a thought seize or something. <laughs> just get rid of Oko. Don't let him come down. And, and yeah, but. Oko is just super oppressive. I I played on the other side for a while. I'm like, why am I doing this? I'll just I'll just play Simic, and then I just I cast some Hydroid Crassus. For some reason, we have like Soul Lands in Standard. I could just cast like a ten mana Crassus or ten mana Hydra backed with an Oko. I'm like, oh, this is good. I'll just do this. Like, why why bother playing the other cards? <laughs> yeah, as good from what I felt, as good Oko as good Oko is. Um or can be in most situations. I felt like there was a very small percentage where you don't want Oko, or Oko is not affecting the board in some way. But uh, th there were a ton of other very powerful lines in this standard. Like, so Goose into the 7-6 the Dinosaur into Great Henge almost felt unstoppable, too. It's like, okay, I'm, I, I lose. Uh, yeah. So yeah, speak, that, that of, felt just as powerful. Speaking of Great Henge and Dinosaurs, so what are the other decks in the format? We've talked about Simic Ramp. Uh, we have Golgari. Actually, before, before we jump into the format and standard, uh, just a quick reminder to everyone that our show today is brought to you by SpikesAcademy.com, and they are presenting a new course on Limited with Hall of Famer Ben Stark. And in this course, Ben will teach you how to build a better draft and seal deck and how to evaluate cards in limited context. So get ready to crush your next pre-release tournament with SpikesAcademy.com and their new Limited course. With Ben Stark, you can even use the cold Goldfish to get a 5% discount at SpikesAcademy.com. So, uh, Richard, yes, sponsorship stuff, had to slip that in there. Let's talk about standard. Love it. So Golgari, yeah. Golgari midrange. Basically, all the Golgari cards. <laughs> Questing Beast, Rankle, Spawn of Mayhem, Rotting Regisaur. Oh, that hurts my heart. Growth Chamber Guardian, Knight of the Evan Legion, and then the Great Henge, and Once Upon a Time. The Great Henge also feels pretty unbeatable. Although, like, one of the things, going back to Oko for a minute, one of the things about Oko that makes it really obnoxious is it turns artifacts into 3-3s too. So I've been trying to build, like, uh, Cauldron decks or Great Henge <laughs> decks, and your opponent just plays Oko and makes it a 3-3, three -three, and you're like, I just cast <laughs> yeah. a 12-mana artifact, give me a break. <laughs> like, come on now, Oko. And even that, Oko is just an answer for. It was it was really ridiculous. I know some games. I think I was playing against the stack deck. I know you kind of just mentioned that. It's a very intricate. I love the play style of the deck. I don't think we've had a stack deck in standard probably forever. But it was just so interesting how many lines get skewed because, like, it's your just like you said, Seth. They they play the Great Hand. You turn it into a three three, or they play like a Talisman. You take it. You turn it into a 3-3. Three, three. They never get the talisman back. It's like so many weird things are going on. And it's all because of Oko sometimes. But, you know, I just, I felt like, it's like you said, uh, Richard, it, it does feel 
like 90% of the time it feels unstoppable, but there are uh, other decks doing some really powerful things, which I, I feel at least early on can kind of balance that a little bit. But as we go forward and, and decks ultimately get, you know, a bit more fine tuned and, you know, we kind of march along to the mythic uh, championship. Um, who knows? But what do you guys think about the stacks deck? This this is deck is really interesting to me because if you've been following like the feedback to this deck, people yeah. either think it's horrible or they think it's like the best deck in standard, and they're like winning tournaments with it or whatever. Where do you fall on the the stack scale, and how good do you think this deck actually is? I don't think it. I think the mana is atrocious. Like you must draw an egg. Like you you have to draw everything in the right sequence, and if you do, the deck does feel unbeatable. But if you draw things in the wrong sequence, you just like scoop and die. Like you, <laughs> like you're you're playing like the yeah. most like crazy mana base. Like Kaya's Wrath, white, white, black, black. If you draw one of your islands, it's over. You're dead, right? There is basically no interaction uh, until turn three, and I don't know. It just felt really clunky sometimes, and I I don't like it. But if you get the engine going, if you actually your opponent stalls out a bit, you get the eggs down. Uh, you get the Doom Foretold down, then it's great. But against a Simic Ramp, it's it's not relevant. Like, you just sack a goose here, sack a goose there, smash it to Crassus, Oko you to death. Like, I, I feel it's a bit weird. I feel in best of three, the deck changes significantly from best of yes. one. And I don't know which one is better. But in best of one, like, I didn't like this deck that much. And it's so slow. It is, like, so mind-numbingly slow to play, <laughs> right? Like, I, I've won the game, but I gotta sit here for 20 minutes, like... You know, getting back my stupid eggs and like finally get to eight mana, make some four fours. It just takes forever to win, and I don't want to see the mirror match. Like I don't know what the mirror match looks like, but this has got to be like one of the worst mirror matches of all time. I bet it ends with milling most of the time because there's so many wraths too. So even if you manage to like get back all your eggs as four fours, they're just gonna get wrath, and someone's just gonna mill out. Like I think that's what it would come down to in the mirror. Like big Teferi is a <laughs> is a finisher that we're missing. I never thought I'd say this, right? At least that ended the game this is like there's no way to end the game it's so slow yeah i'm gonna agree on the best of one i i so admittedly it's a very very small sample size of one game uh i can't really extrapolate anything from that but i tried to cycle through like three different decks so i was playing the green red or green black henge deck i played four color wolves and i played uh like rakdos aggro a couple games i can see it taking care of an aggro list like fairly handedly with planar cleansings and I know they run like realm cloak giant sometimes or something like that but it just felt really odd the one game that I played when you're going off with henge or something like that and they play you know a guild globe on turn five or something like that and you're like <laughs> okay okay sure okay yes. and you're like sure all right and that's yeah. when they finally so, get double white double black <laughs> yeah and then you know and then the other game I think I made it my might have played it two games, but I didn't even realize it was the deck until it was over. Because yeah, and then I was playing the four color wolves list and they played Wishclaw Talisman. They, you know, tutored and then I got the Wishclaw Talisman, turned it into a three three with Oko, and then just like won the game with a bunch of three threes. So it it just I don't I didn't even realize it was the deck until it was over, but yeah, it, it's I think it's one of those decks that obviously look a lot better in a different context of best of three and the matchups is like a huge uh, probably a huge thing for this deck because like you said it either looks really good or atrocious yeah i think i think it's very beatable like that's been my impression of it i think it's a really cool deck and i think it's neat to see like when i first saw doom foretold 
I thought it was just, like, not standard playable, but it's really cool to see the style of deck working. But I feel like it's a deck that, because it's built around, like, these weird enchantments and the graveyard, and that's where the power is coming from, I think it's taking advantage of the fact that people just, like, aren't prepared for enchantments and graveyards at the moment. And I think if if people want to beat this deck, I think it's pretty easy to, like, build your deck in a way to, like, interact with the stacks deck and beat it. Just one last point I want to make. I I feel like just a lot of creatures in standard currently are just so powerful on each one of their respective curves that it's really hard to you know unless you've now with that list particularly as have locked down the board it's really hard to deal with each threat as they come out i mean knight of ebon legion might be one of the better one drops i played with in a long time then you have growth chamber guardian which can get out of control you know and then you go up the line of you know rotting regisaur questing beast you have Spawn of Mayhem. You just have so many good creatures at every slot that it just feels almost insurmountable sometimes to deal with each specific creature. All right. How about the aggro decks? Rakdos aggro, mono black aggro, they're like kind of similar. What would you guys think about those decks? Uh, I I really like the, the mono black and Rakdos decks. I thought Rankle was one of the more underrated cards uh, during spoiler season, and uh, I still think Rankle is actually, like, really strong, so I think that that's I think that that's the power of the deck. If you look at the mono black curve or the Rakdos curve, and Chaz was kind of mentioning that, it's just so big. Like, you don't do anything fancy, but just all the way up the curve from one mana to four mana, every single threat that you present is, like, so strong and above the curve. From, like, Knight into, like, a Dreadhorde Butcher, Robber of the Rich, into a Rotting Regisar or a Bone Crusher Giant, into a Rankle or a Spawn of Mayhem. And if you're in the Rakdos, one of the really neat thing about Adventures in the Rakdos deck is you kind of just get to play all creatures because your removal happens to be adventure creatures like Bone Crusher Giant and uh, and also Murderous Rider. So you get to just overload on threats and not really play any removal spells because your creatures end up being the removal spells uh, as well. It's like you just get a deck full of Chupacabras and like Flametongue Kavus that happen to be these adventure creatures. Yeah. Eh. I played some games with Rakdos Aggro. I didn't really like it. <laughs> I feel Rankle is really good. Now, Rankle is actually a really hard card to play with. Uh, but you can't be Oko, man. <laughs> they just make some 3-3 Elks and you have such a huge problem. Uh, the most interesting thing I found was with the Mono Black deck where, uh, you get Ayara and then you just loop Gutter Bones and burn people out. I thought that's a pretty interesting way to try to end the game. Uh, but I think Rankle is the best card in the deck, uh, in both decks. And I think Rankle is like in every deck, right? Mono Black, Rakdos, and Golgari. Right. And it's funny because like whose rankle is better. I'm like, he's got rankle, but I got the better rankle. And then like I keep flip flopping back and forth and you're like, uh, you know, should I burn him out with the one damage to uh trigger Knight of the Ebon Legion? Like, uh, you know, there's lots of interesting lines of plays you could do with it. Uh but I feel like aggro decks are slow. Like they don't have the reach. They don't have the big burn spells to finish you off. Like, the the finishing things are like a rankle, like a, a hasty rankle, which can be removed. So it's an interesting time, because like Seth said, they're all creatures. There's, like, very few burn spells. There's, uh, you know, light up the stage and things like that. You don't really see that. It's only in cavalcade decks. Um, you know, not too much card advantage. Everyone's leaning heavy on creatures. And Oko is fine with making elks to block everything. 
<laughs> and I, I wonder if, like, that'll change. Like, how much... There are decent burn spells in the format still. The the new one, Slaying Fire, I think, is actually, like, pretty reasonable, especially if you can get to triple red. So maybe it's just that, like, these decks need to adapt and add more Wait, reach Isn't it three forward? mana deal three damage? Or four damage if you have triple yeah. red. Uh, do you really want to be playing that? <laughs> four so for expensive. three is pretty good. Four for three is... I think four for three is pretty reasonable. But you need triple red. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. That is You're true. playing double like, black in most of your cards in, in the uh, on a black Skewer? Deck. Skewer the Critics? Skewer the yep. Critics is just awkward because it wants you to attack first, which is really awkward sometimes with, like, the Rakdos Aggro decks because you kind of want to, like, get a blocker out of the way sometimes, but you need to, like, attack first to get it for one mana. So that ends up being, like, I don't know, this weird tension with uh, with Skewer and the Rakdos decks, I think. As much as I love aggro lists, I'm with Richard on this one. Uh, and, you know, for everything that we did talk about, and you mentioned it also, Seth, and, you know, I was just kind of talking about, there are a lot of things, like, really powerful things to do along the curve, but I always tend to lean to it doesn't really feel like it matters all that much, right? I mean... Night of the Ebon Legion's great, and then you kind of go up and you're playing Rotting Registrar. I did like Rankle. That that card certainly stood out to me as probably the best card in this in the deck. But then you have almost you have cards like that, that feel like they almost are useless. You know, I don't think I've and I played against a few aggro lists, not not a ton of them, but Robber the Rich, I don't think I've ever seen trigger one time. <laughs> And oh, they, they always it, get the trigger. Like, they just never get to cast the spell. Yeah, I don't know right. if I've ever seen so a card like, cast from it either. <laughs> either. Either not trigger, or it does trigger, and they get nothing out of it. So, I, you know, so they, I guess they remove a card, I, I guess. But, but I Rankle's know. a rogue. You could, you could theoretically play it later by attacking with Rankle. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that this deck has going, or the aggro list have going for them, is that Haste seems to me to be at a all-time premium. Like, if you... You are considering some some cards that probably wouldn't normally be considered because they have haste. Like it, it just it feels like if the creature doesn't have haste, it, it's almost useless. I do because there's just Oko, and then there's Teferi, and there's a lot of other stuff that needs to just get removed almost immediately. Yeah, I think that's a big reason that like Questing Beast is so good, Rankle is so good. Those hasty threats that can come down and snipe a Planeswalker really valuable right now. So I think that's we were talking about like Gilded Goose into Oko being really good. Another like really scary start is uh, the Golgari deck, just like a Paradise Druid into turn three Questing Beast or Rankle. A lot of times, that's just a game-winning line right there. When you play it a turn early, come down, you, like, snipe a Planeswalker, get in for a bunch of damage. Those games can really spiral out of control quickly, too. I almost fainted when I saw Questing Beast. <laughs> so much time. I, I almost legitimately I fell Beast out of my chair. Hasn't been that good, actually. I, I feel it's okay. I, I feel like I, I haven't lived a dream of, like, smacking someone for four and killing their Planeswalker. It's always but, my Planeswalkers that are dying to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it's like everything block like either your opponent has questing beasts or they're like creatures big enough like it's you just always have as scary threes to block it <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know like i felt i felt like it underperformed for me like rankle overperformed rotting register is like the most terrible card in existence like i don't know why <laughs> i'm like please turn it into an elk please before my upkeep turn it into an elk <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i gotta say have you guys run into the simic flash deck at all that was a deck heading into rotation that I was thinking might be near the top of standard and then I've played against it quite a few times because it's pretty cheap so people tend to play it on arena and I have been 
very unimpressed with it. Like, it feels not very good to me. I'm always, like, prepared to be scared by it, but then I think that... I think I underrated how much losing their counter spells hurt. Uh, quench is just a joke. Like, you accidentally play around Quench a lot of times because you just have two mana available, so I think that uh that deck has been one of the ones that has been most disappointing to me, that I expected to be top tier right after rotation, and uh, people still play it, but I just haven't thought it's that good. What is your Simic Flash experience, Ben? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Don't didn't even know it was a deck. I did not see it at all. I think I saw it one time. I love Brazen Borrower. I think that's probably the best card in the deck, and the rest of the deck just... I, I'm, I'm with you, Seth. Felt very underwhelming. You're absolutely right. You, if I wasn't even playing around Quench, I probably was playing around <laughs> Quench. It's like, you know, without even really realizing it, because there's just... a So it's either... Wait, the mid-range lists are almost all ramp lists, so they have a ton of extra mana just kind of lying around, especially if they have Nissa or something like that. Good. Nah, man, I, I, I need a I need a twelve mana voracious Hydra. <laughs> I'm not I'm not holding too bad for Quench. I need to get like my twenty twenty on the battlefield. Okay, but you're right. I, I much like the stacks list we talked about. This I feel like I'm going with Richard in the fact that this deck also lacks a way to end the game. Right, so. It, you have like a lot of these, you know, flash creatures, but they don't really feel that threatening outside of maybe Nightpack and Ambusher because it just kind of kind of creates tokens. But yeah, outside of that, I really wasn't too concerned with it. Have uh, I think this is actually relatively new deck in the last day or two because stuff is changing so quickly. Have you seen the yeah. adventure decks yet? That are I have those decks. That deck is really cool. I don't know if it's how good it is, but it's such just a sweet idea to just jam all your lucky clovers and just like all of your adventure creatures. And if you have a lucky clover, any adventure creature becomes so good when you're getting like killing two things with murderous rider or double ramping with beanstalk giant or even just like drawing two cards with foulmire knight. It it really spirals out of control really quickly. I've been messing around with that deck a little bit just this morning, and I, I don't know if it has staying power. But I think it's a really neat idea. What if you don't get the lucky clover? Do you just have a then like, a, like an A plus sad. sealed deck? Is that what's, yes. what's going on? Yes, then you have a, a reasonable sealed deck. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't played against it. Don't, I didn't have no desire to play it. I mean, it looks strong. I, I know there was some chatter, um, you know, and some arena lists that look pretty good. Like it, the deck can do powerful things. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't know. It's like what Richard said. Without the Clover, I don't know if any of those one cards are that good. Yeah, and if I you mean, turn two Clover, they turn stuff. three Oko Elkit. You're like, okay. <laughs> so like the Oko. <laughs> and then it, it still lives. Like, that's how stupid <laughs> Oko is, right? Like, but, you're but, like, what? Really? Uh, and what's, what's really crazy is that these lines aren't even out of the ordinary, right? Like, I, I, I felt like, oh, okay, you know, Gilded Goose and the uh, Oko and all this stuff and turning, like, all these important artifacts into 3-3s, three like, that's, how often is that going to happen? It happens a lot. And then I was like, oh, you know, I love all these cards, but, you know, how realistically can I, can I play, like, turn four or five Henge? Pretty realistically. It's not even Christmas Land. Like, it's happening pretty often. Yeah. You so know, this, this, like, Oko is doing all of these things. This Judd Adventure deck, I feel if once upon a time could hit Lucky Clover, it would look a lot better. Uh, but it doesn't. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Once Upon a Time? Is it a good card or is it an awkward card? Everyone plays it. Personally, I don't. 
I don't know. Uh, I'm not as high on it as most people. I see it all the time. So many decks are playing it, and it is really nice when you cast it for free on turn zero or turn one, but it's... I don't know. It feels so fillery to me. Like, I don't know if that's a card I want in my deck. Spending two mana to dig five deep, like, I'm just not sure that's worth it for most decks. But I'm probably wrong, because everyone is playing it in, like, every possible deck. I love it. (laughs) Uh, It has turned unkeepable hands into insane hands. And it has... I'm kind of with you 50-50 in terms of what you just said, Seth. Outside of playing it for zero mana, I don't know how many times... I've hard casted it, but it, it it does certainly help when you're trying to dig for anything sometimes just to keep like the henge going or something like that, just to keep the, the value train going. Um, I, I think for its cost, it, it is doing a lot. And when you do play it for zero, um, I've found that most hands that I wouldn't normally keep with Once Upon a Time in it, I'm like, oh, once a time, I'm def, I got this. Once upon a time, it's just gonna grab me this land. This hand's gonna be amazing. And like nine <laughs> out of ten times, it works. The one out of ten times it didn't work, I was like, oh well. I I keep wondering if decks are gonna start like trimming lands because they have once upon a time, but so far it doesn't seem like they have. I still I was looking at the list and it seems like a lot of them are still playing like twenty four lands or whatever number you would expect even without once upon a time. So I don't know. Maybe that's something to explore more. I think it becomes more appealing to me if you can like trim a land or two for an action card and then trust that you're still going to get there because of once upon a time sure that's a good idea yeah i mean what if you play a one drop and then draw your once upon a time (laughs) but i I feel like i don't know it saves my bacon multiple times where you use it to get a land to like curve out but at the same time like is it really worth a card slot like in the mid game it's so bad like you don't want to spend two mana to to activate it uh, but you know, late game, it's great. You gotta dig five deep again. But like Seth, I'm surprised this thing is so ubiquitous. I, I would have assumed that you would just put more action cards in your deck, especially since all of the decks are good stuff decks. If that makes sense. Like it doesn't even matter what card you grab from your deck. Like all of them are good. So it's not like we have a combo or anything going on. So I don't know. I, I feel it's, it's weird that everyone's playing so many of these and I've definitely yeah. been burned. Uh, it saved my it saved my bacon, you know. Just grab the land I need, but I've also been burned. Where I'm like, oh, I'll use this once upon a time to get something, and then I just got a land and I died. Right? <laughs> like when you don't want the land, right? I think the only time I really truly whiffed with once upon a time was I need something. I dig five. I saw Garuk there, and I was like, well, <laughs> I guess that, that, that there that goes. Uh, I, I am surprised. It it still feels like you should want it in the deck, though. No, just maybe not at four. Like I feel like I still want this effect. Ah, but if you don't have four, of the time how in are you going to get it in your opening hand? I know hand. it yes. just feels weird, <laughs> right? It feels weird, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I feel this should be something that is that we monitor ongoing. But can I ask a question? I, I saw in the early um, access streams there was like these crazy fires of invention decks, and then I didn't see one of them. Those decks seemed amazing to me. Like if if it's any card I want to build around, it's that card. And you could do, like, so many crazy stuff. Yeah. So much crazy stuff. I I have still... I've run into a few of them. I haven't actually gotten a chance to play one yet because I've been working on other stuff. Uh, They definitely could be really powerful. I think... 
I don't know. The drawback is real. I, I definitely have seen, I've played against Fires of Invention decks where, uh, they kind of get pinched not being able to interact at all at instant speed, and then you just kill their stuff, or they have like seven cards in hand, but they can only cast two a turn. But then you have the games where people play it and just like dump Chandra and Liliana on the same turn, and it looks like the craziest, uh, the craziest card in standard. So I think, it's going to take some building around to get it right. You you need to find, like, the right mana sinks. I played against a really cool version of it that was actually using uh, Divine Visitation and oh, the white enchantment that makes a 1-1 lifelink token is two of their threats. So then you could use your all of your mana each turn to just, like, make tokens or uh, you can activate, like, Kenrith or something while you're still, like, using your two spells to cast Big Planeswalker. So I think there's potential there, but I think it's a really hard deck to get right. So if you look at the decks that are, like, six seeding right away and this isn't a knock on them but they're kind of like obvious like oh play all the good black cards together oh play all the food synergies with oko or oh like the best green black cards and we'll just attack every time so i think that's a deck that might get there eventually but it's going to take a little more brewing and like tuning to get the right uh the right spot for fires of invention all right so here's the more important question guys so starting october 5th which would be saturday until the seventh, which would be Monday. Uh, you get to play the, play any standard deck events again. If you hit 12 wins, you get one of every card <laughs> in Eldraine. Uh, if you hit two losses, you're out. What deck are you guys bringing to the event? What Something is, with Oko in it. What is the deck? <sighs> hmm. Something Oko. I mean, there's only Doesn't two Oko decks, right? Civic and Bant. <laughs> is there another? Is there another Oko deck? <laughs> I think I think that's most of it. Simic and Bant at this yeah. point. I, I, like I, I guess Simic Trollgak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Troll, the more food yeah. focused versions. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I. Yeah, I don't know if I really trust that deck to take go the distance. But I, this is just me. I mean, I'm sure folks may be successful with it, but I don't know. I really liked. Uh, I played with four color wolves a lot, and it felt really good. Like, I don't know. I felt like I always had something for everything. My concern, so I think I love that list. I really like the four color wolves deck as well. Although I gotta say, in a tournament where you got to go twelve and one, yeah, I would be a little scared that you'll just have like one or two games where your mana doesn't work the way you want it to, and then you might lose as a result. And then like in like that kind of setup, ugh, I don't know. Four color yeah. scares me right now, especially if you got to go twelve and one. It's not going to be an aggro list, so that's out. Maybe stack. Maybe that. Th- or Henge? Yeah, Golgari. Yeah, the Golgari Henge deck. I don't know. I would probably I like play a ban- ramp deck, honestly. I think that's the direction I would go. Mostly because I like drawing cards, <laughs> and I like Risen Reef, <laughs> so I-, I think I would have fun playing that deck. I don't have any <laughs> illusions that I'm going to go 12-1, and one, so I'm just going to play something I like and hopefully get a couple like individual card rewards or something. It's probably a good choice. Nissa is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm good with that. You're playing probably the three best planeswalkers in standard right now so that's that's good it's a good choice that's a, yeah, a good starting point I don't, I don't think you need the white i think the white just makes it inconsistent i'm gonna go simic ramp so? uh simic ramp does everything that bat ramp can like i don't know who wins the mirror i guess the question is in the mirror which deck is better hmm. yeah i don't i have not played that matchup so i don't know i i played it but then i just like ate all the risen reefs with my wolves so like I don't know if it's supposed to go like this, <laughs> and it's a fairy did nothing. Like, but speaking of wolves, <laughs> man, what a sleeper! I did not hear anyone talking about Wicked Wolf, 
And then all of a sudden, it's like one of the better cards in some of the better decks in standard. Yeah. Yeah. It kills basically everything. I guess the mid-range deck can get bigger than it, but it's a 4-4. So it kills basically anything. Uh, Yeah. It's just, it it has a lot of wood. I mean, no pun intended. It has a lot of food. So (laughs) just lying around most of the game. So, and then if, if you're in a board state where Oko can just produce a food every turn it, it feels really good is this the red riding hood wolf i think so I, it's not three maybe. little pigs wolf right three little pigs wolf isn't wicked, this uh, what's the wicked wolf from it, it's got to be red riding hood right well, that's a I big bad of, wolf isn't it what one's the big uh, bad wolf? There, i, I thought that's know. three that's little the, pigs yeah it's three little pigs okay yeah i don't know all right yeah did we get all of them did I, we didn't even get a legendary wolf now that i think about it we didn't it. get a legendary pig either or three oh. of them <laughs> oh we should get three of them <laughs> <laughs> well no the in the video that they're they're gone right oh there was like the three heads on the table oh, oh they weren't even in oh, the set i missed that uh, that's dark yeah that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all uh, right yeah the, the video gotta pay attention how about limited what do you guys think of eldraine limited <laughs> i played one pre-release sealed event. I opened Garrick and Oko. <laughs> I Ooh. started out O two wow. and then one seven in oh. a row. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was it was uh it seemed like a fun format. I saw a lot of really wild stuff that I was not expecting, like eye collector mill decks and uh, like four color adamant decks and just. We, people were playing weird piles of stuff in sealed. I haven't got to draft yet. I don't even know if draft is up on arena yet. I think it comes uh, in not, a couple days. Yeah, yeah I think no, it's, no it's coming in the future, but I don't know. My, I had fun playing it, but I also had like a pretty above average sealed pool. So I, I opened three Garricks. <laughs> and really? I'm like Seth. <laughs> no, no. So I, I played like maybe I have like 44 packs. So I played like okay. what is that like maybe twelve sealed pools. I went one three zero three with my first two Garrick pools. How Garrick is so <laughs> Here, here's the sealed. thing. Here's the thing, guys. This format <laughs> is fast, right? And you may not notice it in sealed because if you play like say two green black decks, then they're like slow and dirtily. But I think the best deck are the Boros decks, and uh, you remember Zendikar that we played in Vegas, right, Seth? This feels like Zendikar. It is impossible to block a Boros deck. Like there, there's so many. So in normal limited, uh, you have like what two to three pump spells in your deck. Maybe most likely you have like one to two, and then you know the rest is removal. Here, like every creature is a pump effect in Boros. Plus you have the three mana two three flyer that taps two, right? Plus you have all the blue things that like tap you down as well. So like it's impossible to block and then if you try you get blown up by combat tricks it's like zendikar and landfall i think the de- the format is gonna be really fast once we get uh to draft and you can actually draft a cohesive uh boros deck but yeah so that's why i died i was like okay garrick and then they just like smash me in the face with flyers till i die or like you know i was playing like <laughs> mediocre black and green cards and like it, it, you could you can't get there it's not like an elspeth or something like i, I don't know right <laughs> like you have to play a legitimate deck until you get to garrick and i did not do that so i went one three and oh three i was like oh easy pool lost that's, two thousand gems that's actually <laughs> kind of scary if if that's happening in sealed because normally aggro kind of suffers in sealed just because of how the format works so if it's that good in sealed i expect it'll probably be even better in faster in draft 
Yeah. My go-to strategy is just always do Boros and Seal. No matter what collection of garbage <laughs> Boros cards you have. Uh, so I told Seth this story. I, I tried to build a mill deck, a blue-black mill deck. I had like three eye collectors, uh, two merfolk, the, the merfolk that uh, mills four and becomes a wall. And then I had like three didn't say pleases. I didn't get close to milling anybody out. Went zero two, switched to like some janky Boros and went like six wins in a row to end like six two. <laughs> like, I don't know. Boros is just so aggressive in this format. And like, it's just so hard to tap. You get two of those tapping flyer guys, it's over. Well, I'm gonna what do you feel was it. an overperformer in, in either of your experiences? I, I didn't get to play limited. Um, and I didn't get to see like the streams that that kind of covered it. They were kind of later in the day, right? Yeah, I think Limited so came out they were, later in the day for a lot of people. Yeah, I had to go. So I didn't really even get to catch like anything. I probably should go back and, and look through. But are the archetypes kind of... Is there a ton of like color options or they kind of just steer you into, into X colors? Because I saw a lot of those, you know, a lot of the cards where they're those split manas that are totally not a plant for Theros coming along next uh, set. <laughs> totally not. Th- you know, th- those cards are really not hard. obvious at all. So There's you're kind of forced into two colors. Yeah. yeah. So you can try three, but it's hard because of adamant right. and then the uncommons. Yeah. And there's like the evolving wilds as fixing and then that's it. And then like your green mana dorks. But I think cards, I think decks that are really good are the Boros decks. If you can somehow get a um a cohesive blue red draws an extra card uh deck going it's really good like the two mana one two that you you put a counter on uh it flies that card is insane if you actually have like wishing wells and eggs or whatever to draw your second cards golgari could be good but you need the the uncommon the three mana three two where when it attacks, it makes a food token. Oh, savvy, uh, savvy hunter, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing is insane. Uh, the two mana enchantment that lets you basically like anticipate whenever you sack a food. That was a card for me. I was actually going to mention. I I had two of those in the deck that I played. I thought uh, Trail of Crumbs was really yeah. good. That was like my main card advantage engine. I also had Oku, which was nice, and some other just, like, random commons. I think I had three gingerbread cabins to make food, so I had a lot of ways to make food, and uh, and that card just made sure I always had action, so I also thought that really overperformed for me. Troll King, Game Ender all the time. Oh, my God, I didn't... When, <laughs> yeah, I the only thing is it's that. hard to cast, right? There, there's time, because it's, like, four green or whatever, like, it's really hard to cast, but they cast it, you're like, well, I could kill it, and then they sack three food. Or say you're somehow winning. They have like four food or three food tokens to sacrifice to gain life now. So you can't even race them. And you just die to inevitability. That thing's a beating. Lovestruck Beast, insane. I would yeah. take Lovestruck Beast over Questing Beast any day. Questing really? Beast was mediocre. Because in Limited, there's like so many big creatures True. that it doesn't do much. Uh, but Lovestruck Beast, like a turn three, five, five. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like just goes to town. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to have to... Uh, I think I have some gems on there. I'll probably uh, jump into a, a sealed at some point. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely worth it. I found the format to be fun uh, in my small sample size, but I think it's definitely worth checking out. Definitely plan on 
also checking out the drafts once they start because that's that's usually more my thing compared to sealed and uh kind of excited to see how good the decks will be when you can actually like draft them for three packs rather than just deal with what you get in your sealed pool drafts launch when the set actually launches no it's gonna be so i think so this week they're gonna have the the ones where you pay gems to draft and then it's usually like two, three weeks after that they open the gold drafts. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, because I, I think I have a uh, like a traditional draft entry like hanging out on my account or something like that. So Ooh, figured I'd hold it for. Where do you get uh, those from? For Aldrin. Like I don't know. Maybe I don't. I yeah. honest, I honestly don't know where I got that particular one. I think it was from a pre-release code, but uh, that you know someone probably you know was generous enough to give me, but. Um, did, did we not get one for being in the beta? Oh no, we got packs like or something. And I just never, u- I just never used it. Oh, maybe you so got this one is like probably a long like, time ago. Yeah, this has <laughs> probably been hanging out for like a year, <laughs> but it's still there. So plan on using it. Uh, any other, any other Throne of Eldraine standard or limited thoughts before we get to some fish mail? Yeah, you you said a you you had a comment, and I think um, it's it's probably apt for a lot of early deck construction but it's like you said a lot of things just feel really obvious gilded goose and oko i mean questing beast is a thing murderous riders good you know teferi still you know doing things is it still as good as it once you know before rotation you know can it still be built around all these things just feel very obvious but as we kind of go along like is this even uh the best iteration of an aggressive list uh, i i feel some of these things will um, be determined here very soon but my gut feeling is that it's going to be a lot of mid-range and then that's kind of when control starts to form I don't know if this these stack lists or anything like that are going to hang around but if it if it does continue to be like that then I feel like maybe the flash list uh, might actually become a bit better because they just feel like really awful right now Yeah, and I thought they'd be much better I think yeah it's definitely important to remember like the set's literally not out in paper yet. <laughs> this is yeah. all like early, <laughs> came out on arena stuff. Like I've this week out of is when the set already, actually Seth, releases. Yeah. <laughs> so now we'll know a lot more. Like there's a SCG event this weekend. GPs will be coming. Like what three weeks or so till the yeah. arena mythic championship. So we definitely will, I think, see a lot of changes in standard over the next month or so. Now. To be fair, I have kind of followed at least very loosely. It it I think we're going to see a lot of what we're we're seeing right now in the SCG events. Like I don't think there's going to be that many changes, at least early on, but as we kind of go along, I feel there is some room for new things to kind of uh emerge. Um do they I don't know how they line this up anymore, so you can educate me. Is this out on MTGO? Is this do they release things on MTGO? similarly to arena now or no yes it came out thursday on both magic online and magic arena and then the we had pre-release in paper and then official release in paper is uh is on friday and are they publishing deck lists from mtgo yet uh i don't think we've seen a batch i think tomorrow we should get the first uh the first batch of deck lists so we'll see the standard lists have been a little scarce since everyone plays standard on arena but i'll actually be looking forward to seeing the modern list too like there's a lot of hype about emery and modern maybe being like a legit card even like fires of invention once upon a time so i think there's stuff to keep track of for modern too with throne of eldraine right yeah wow speaking of modern i was uh 
uh, well, not even here to see Stoneforge Mystic get unbanned and all that stuff. So oh, it's been you, uh, you quite missed, a long time. You missed Hogar. <laughs> The greatest card of all Ooh. time. Yeah, I uh, I missed uh, the Eldrazi winner too. Oh, you missed Eldrazi uh, winner? No, no, well, no. I met, okay. I, I missed the new Eldrazi. <laughs> yeah. winner, oh, oh, the, the, oh, oh, the sequel. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't pay any money to see the sequel. It was it was short lived, but uh, oh, okay. Modern's in a better spot now. I think I I'm pretty happy with where Modern is post bannings and unbannings. It's kind of funny how going back to you know when we first started casting, like the first couple years, how that idea went along and then you know turned into modern horizons it's kind of crazy how we've we discussed uh that kind of idea <laughs> that cards should go directly into modern like four years ago yeah we were we've it's been talking about that for a while it's uh, a long time i remember that's something that you specifically wanted for a long time and really i'm happy with the results too like i know there's a couple misses too. but in general i think modern horizons has been a big positive for modern yeah sorry this is me just reminiscing and kind of reacting to stuff that I missed as I see it pop up but yeah yeah so let's uh let's move on Richard fish mail us all right if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air first question wow. tidal wave 87 what's your opinion on climbing the ladder on mtg arena better to go best of one or best of three hmm uh, I haven't fish mails I haven't answered a fish mail in a long time this is great Chaz, take it away best, best of one yeah. or best of three I feel like best of one uh, I don't know I, I just kind of feel in terms of the time investment and ultimately the deck choices that you can that you see and can ultimately choose that I feel best of one for me personally has has felt better I'm gonna say it depends on how good you are <laughs> I think yeah. if you're not if you're newish or not as good, you should sure. probably play best as one, uh, best of one to grind. But if you're experienced and like a really high level player, you will probably benefit from playing best of three. Yeah, I think I I'll agree. take that as I a, think it's easier oh. because each game counts towards your thing. So when you win a match, it is two wins versus one win. And if you're a better player, like typically the way you outplay people is with your sideboard and with, you know, knowing what the other person has in their deck and all that stuff. So I think best of three is better, but sometimes you just have five minutes to sit down and play best of one. You don't and have time to sit there like, and grind it out. And trust in the variance. Like if you're not good, that's how you that's how you climb the ladder is you trust that the higher variance of best of one will will eventually pay off. Or you could at least get more I think it's easier to get lucky in best of one than it is in best of three, because you're only playing one it, game and have the smaller sample size. It also depends on deck. It's not totally player skill. There are some decks that are better suited to best of one than best of three. And if you like playing those decks, it's better to go best of one. Appreciate that Seth I love you too <laughs> <laughs> uh, good to have you back Jazz <laughs> Absalom Wizard is it possible that Brazen Borrower is mythic purely to play strain on the arena wildcard economy making format staples mythic seems like an effective way to move the economy slightly more in their favor uh, I think it would be I the mean, opposite I think it makes it easier because it's mythic <laughs> Did I did I miss something? So I think so mythic is supposed to be more rare, right? But usually on arena, the bottleneck to you building decks is rare wild cards. Because you need right. like basically a million to get all your dual lands. And you know, every deck has a handful of mythics, but you know, tens or twenties of rares. So I actually feel rare is the bigger bottleneck. So making things mythic, I think, actually makes it easier for us. Although it's the opposite in paper. So, but on arena, yeah. I think on arena, I think you're right. Although in paper, I could see the argument that that it could be a price thing. I feel 
did I was this card supposed to be a rare or something? I feel no, like I I've think, seen people complain about this. Card. Yeah, because it doesn't seem particularly mythic. I think Seth, you don't think it's, it's a, mythic. Di- it's a disperse and a cloud spirit <laughs> or whatever. Like it, it doesn't yes, feel yeah. mythic to me. Like Great Henge and even the bad members of that cycle, they're like big and epic and mythic. This to me reminds me a little bit of like Lotus Cobra, which was another card that I didn't think was <laughs> mythic. Like it feels it's an epic temple for, play, Seth. Don't be such really, a timmy. <laughs> it's really good and push for standard but uh, traditionally i've wanted those rare but you ma- you make a really good point maybe in a world of arena we actually are better off having pushed for standard cards like that at mythic like as odd as that sounds coming from a paper background i just want us to be able to buy rares with mythic wild cards wouldn't that solve all of this better yet they could be generous and let us buy two rares with the mythic wild card interesting i i kind of like that you know you know yeah. if they do it they're gonna charge you two mythic wild cards for one rare or something like that <laughs> oh Charles, you, did, you did you catch it on that where they release I, historic uh, I, I, and they're like it's double the price guys like what <laughs> as someone that i i you know i didn't plan on going back and playing those those sets because I did particularly like a lot of them. I'm I'm okay with never accessing historic ever. Oh, wait, is historic or brawl or anything up? Is there any game mode on arena where you can play it? I did not look. No. no. I don't uh, no? sure, yeah. October sometime towards the beginning. I think of I did miss all that though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They I guess they decided not to release it at the exact same time as Throne of Elder. I think it's like October sixth or tenth or something like that. I heard through the, you know, various channels that there was like a big debacle about that, but I, I, I luckily missed that too. <laughs> <laughs> G San Sigolo. I did a little research and came up with a number. From September seventeenth, twenty eighteenth to September September sixteenth? Oh yeah, September September 16, 2019. So basically a year. 22 of the 54 podcasts published were about spoilers, which means that it it has become the headline for weeks. You guys believe we have too many sets slash products nowadays? Do you guys believe? I'm I don't. Uh, I'm gonna say no. I, I'm worried that we're heading in that direction. Uh, and stuff like Deluxe Collection definitely makes me even more nervous about it, but I don't know if we've hit that point yet. I think, like, I'm going to say no, because they go for different audiences in general, and a lot of the products that we end up talking about, they're designed for, like, a specific narrow audience and not for everyone. I'm going to agree. Not every product is for every player, but, you know, you got to think about magic is has will continue to be successful as long as it continues to be in everyone's minds right i i understand that it feels like we're always talking about new cards and everything like that and largely because that's true i don't know if it's an overload but it with this i don't you, when you look at like the gaming genre i guess as more as a whole this is kind of like a meta take but you know when when you're game is like not being talked about it's almost like pretty much forgotten so I, I do like that magic you know may not be a set but it's a product continues to try and stay in everyone's uh kind of psyche in some way or another um and, it, and that makes it relevant i think on the I other hand has explained why the podcast <laughs> forget the podcast like we we go preview season into preview season to preview season uh you remember when we started the podcast like yeah. We had our three set releases a year. We had our three pro tours. And we're happy with it, right? Nowadays, uh, we we finish preview season. 
we get like one week of playing the new set and we're on to the next previous season. <laughs> and we we actually saw this, like Modern Horizons and Core Set yeah. 2020 and Commander. Like you barely finish, you barely get to play with the new cards and you're already starting to hype up about you know the cards being released uh, next month. So we are in continual previous season. And I know Seth, we talk about this. It's like, oh, during previous season, we'll do this special thing. And then we're like, wait, but we're always in previous season. It's just always happening. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I actually don't know if it's good or bad, but it definitely is different from before. Before we didn't have kind of this back to back to back preview season and, uh, you know, a new product all the time to talk about. Yeah. Unfortunately, we digest and go through, you know, information and new stuff and content very quickly. Uh, probably faster than ever before, and that's just in general. But yeah. I, I, I kid you not, guys. I feel like I'm done with Eldraine. <laughs> like I played, what? I played like 16 sealed pools, 12, 12 matches. You're of done Oko. with Throne. <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm done. I, I, I'm like, I'm ready for the next set. Like, we consume content so fast now, right? I just played basically yeah. all weekend, and now I'm like, oh. You mean it's not even out in paper yet? I felt like the metagame was solved and everything was done, right? Like, that's how much we're consuming this yeah. stuff and how much content is out, right? Like, you could have watched literally hundreds of hours of Magic content uh, over the weekend. And the set's, and the set's not even out, right? <laughs> like, the set's not even out, yeah. right? Like, yeah. It's almost like the, the three weeks leading up to the Mythic Championship are like an eternity. Imagine, like, that, would, that had to be... A month or three months in between a set I, I i don't know i don't know if we can ever even really go back yeah all right last question steve monty 215 do you think there's a chance we aren't getting actual fetches in zendikar and instead getting two color fixed fetches like fabled pack passage but for Shocklands? i'm skeptical they'll ever put hundred dollar reprints in standard booster packs so i think the argument against fetches in standard is is shuffling like everyone knows they need to be reprinted the argument against them uh, isn't that they're too powerful it's that shuffling is too much of a hassle and too time consuming and paper in specific so i don't think that making fitch uh fixed fetches that still require shuffling actually does much so i think either we get actual fetches because we need the reprint for modern or we get not fetches at all. And I don't know, the second half of the, the battle for Syndicar land cycle and everyone is very depressed and sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we just reprinted just like it's like cons, right? Like they, they've printed, was it cons? What was the Cons set with gave the us the originals, yeah. Yeah. The original fetch yeah. lands. So they've, they've reprinted in standard. So I don't think the price is an issue, but like Seth said, they don't like shuffling. Uh, if you ever watch like an arena game and a paper game side by side, you'll see the impact of shuffling. Uh, so they don't like that in standard, uh, but I think they're going to do it. I mean, wasn't the big takeaway from Battle for Zendikar, like you have to give people what they expect. You can't like, you know, use your creativity or whatever and do something new. People will just be upset. So everyone's expecting fetches in Zendikar. I'd be very shocked if they did not put uh, and, fetches. and I think that the growth of Arena actually is a vote for fetches, like with more and more standard happening on Arena where shuffling just doesn't really matter, other than the client lagging up when you try to search it, which is <laughs> kind of funny that Arena actually has a little delay and problem with fetches just like paper and it slows things down. Uh, but in theory, because Arena doesn't have any shuffling, that should be another reason that fetches would be okay for standard. I haven't noticed that. Maybe there's a fox on the battlefield or something. That's how I was clicking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, th 
I think from the only perspective of um, I look at it is that they don't like I, I remember we always used to talk about like there is that expectation right and like oh you know fetches sell sets and whatever I mean we we've clearly seen that cards that we've expect you know cannot be in a set and the set will still sell very well right I, I don't I don't think they need to tie or hitch their wagon to to fetches to sell sets anymore I think sets are selling very well on their own so I think from that standpoint maybe they they leave it out but you're absolutely right like I could see them trying to at least close like make a very close gap between arena and 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 paper in terms of shuffling but arena it's all automated so like what do they care I I could also see the argument that because the last battle for Zendikar was kind of like not that well received maybe that's another reason that they feel like they have to put fetches in this time because they can't risk like messing up Zendikar again on a return to Zendikar fair all right that's all our fish mail this week thank you to everyone who sent them in if you have questions send them to at mpg goldfish with the hashtag mpg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air awesome questions very good yeah that was fun oh, are, oh, i missed that are you gonna are you gonna take us out Chaz? do you remember the sign off oh uh no <laughs> i don't remember the sign off at all i barely remembered the intro oh. uh we'll see you next week <laughs> I think it uh, has it evolved since then. And this is the crew (laughs) signing out. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, gents, uh, it's been fantastic. I've, I've had a really a lot of fun. Thank you so much for, for having me on the cast. I, I hope we can continue to do this in the future. Um, Seth, Richard, it's awesome. Uh, enjoy your, your day the rest of the week and, um, hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be here very soon. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming back. It was super fun to catch up after so long. So yeah, hopefully we get to do yeah. it again sometime. Yeah, uh, I have my old uh, Twitter handle back. I, I, yeah, it's great uh, at ChazVMTG. In case anyone wants to find me, uh, just shoot me a line. Yeah, it's been awesome to see everyone uh, and and kind of reconnect with everybody. So uh, yeah, with that being said, I guess this is going to be the MTG Goldfish Crew signing out. We will see you all next time. Yeah.